Hello, and welcome to the Horrid History Podcast, educating you on the dark, twisted, and morbid truths of our past. I'm Amanda Surgeon. And I'm David Cheney. Myth, murder, mystery. These words and more surround the strange tale of Sarah Winchester, widow and heiress to the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. When Sarah died in 1922, she left behind a life of secrecy and a very bizarre legacy known as the Winchester Mystery House. Sarah Winchester was born Sarah Lockwood Pardee in 1840 in New Haven, Connecticut. She was reportedly really well-educated and extremely intelligent. She spoke four languages, she knew how to play the piano. She was also supposed to be extremely beautiful, and she got the nickname Belle of New Haven. Well, on September 30th, 1862, she married a man named William Wirt Winchester. And if that last name sounds familiar, it should. Uh, He was the owner of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Um, He was the son of Oliver Fisher Winchester, who created the Henry Repeating Rifle, which kind of revolutionized the uh, industry. And it was actually the first financially successful repeating rifle um, during that time. And it's basically known as the gun that won the West. If you had a Henry Repeating Rifle, you were doing pretty well for yourself. And uh, nine times out of ten, you were going to win. He was also known as the treasure and heir to his father's fortune. And so... Uh, They didn't have to worry too much about money. No, they were pretty well off. Uh, Sarah and William only had one child. She was born in June of 1866. They named her Annie. Uh, But she only lived about a month. She died of marasmus, which is a malnutrition disease. It was probably caused by a virus or infection. Well, this was just the first death in a long line of people that Sarah lost in her life. Her husband, unfortunately, passed away on March 7th of 1881 from tuberculosis. Prior to that, her mother had died, and then her father-in-law, Oliver, died in the fall of 1880, and Sister Sarah passed away a few years after William had died. So this lady felt pretty alone. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, and after William died, they didn't have any heirs since their only child that they had had passed away roughly a month after it was born. So Sarah became a very rich woman, about $20 million. And converting that into today's dollars, that'd be about $500 million. Um, And she was the wealthiest woman in the world at the time, especially during a time where uh, women weren't in leadership positions as much as they are today. Yeah, women didn't really have a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And Sarah came into a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Sarah also had a 50% ownership in Winchester, and so basically she never had to touch into her family's account. She could simply live off the income from her ownership in Winchester, which was about $1,000 a day. And in today's money, that would be about $25,359. So she was well off, and she could buy a new car every day if she wanted to. Now, comparing that money to, like, modern-day millionaires, that's not a lot. Yeah. But for this time, like, that was definitely a ton of money. She could have done anything she wanted. Well, she decided to leave her childhood home of New Haven and travel westward to California. Now, this is where it gets kind of weird. One version of the story 
tells us that Miss Winchester consulted a medium. And this medium tells her that her family and fortune are haunted by the spirits of those killed by the Winchester rifles. And the medium tells her that this is also why her daughter, husband, and several other close family members have passed. So she's then told to move west, where the majority of the rifle's victims have lived. You know, it's the rifle that won the west. And she's to build a house for the spirits. Yeah, and while this is kind of the lore uh, of the story of why she moved west, there could be other possibilities. Maybe she simply wanted oh, yeah. a change of pace um, to see something new, or the fact that she was suffering from arthritis and uh, she might have just wanted fresh air and to kind of get away from the burden of the east. She was also probably tired of East Coast society. I mean, a young, rich mm-hmm. widow. I'm sure there were a lot of money-grabbing men that were in pursuit of her and her fortune. Uh, Sarah finally settled down in California, um, and she was neighbors with the heiress to the Pullman Railroad car fortune, uh, Leland and Jane Stanford. And you might recognize those names from being the founders of Stanford University. Uh, yep. However, the mystery house wasn't the only house she owned. She owned several lavish homes, and she also had a houseboat slash yacht that uh, she would use occasionally. Um, However, the mystery house was her primary residence during her time uh, west. Now, the mystery house uh, did not start as the Winchester Mystery House. Sarah purchased a small, unfinished farmhouse in 1884, And this came with 162 acres of land. She actually had a very nice ranch going on. She employed a crew of carpenters. They worked split shifts, uh, day and night, seven days a week for 38 years. These men worked nonstop. There was constantly something going on on the property. And this small, unfinished farmhouse eventually became one of the U.S.'s largest private residences. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was no master plan, no architect employed. Sarah did all the designs herself. Mm-hmm. She would meet with her foreman every day to go over what she wanted to build, and they would just go at it. Yeah, and while we're saying that carpenters worked day and night, uh, they usually did it in shifts. Um, and while they might have thought that some of Sarah's ideas were crazy, they weren't going to tell her that because they were getting paid three times the going rate. Um, yeah. So, and, and Sarah had the money to spend, so she didn't care either. Um, but for 38 years, this was a continuous building operation. And it, it's kind of insane to think about nowadays. Yeah, there was constantly something going on. There was constantly noise from the carpenters hammering and sawing. And the house just, it changed daily mm-hmm. because there was just so much work going on. Mm-hmm. At one point, the home had seven stories, 200 rooms, 10,000 windows, three elevators, 47 fireplaces, 2,000 doors. However, the mystery house uh, is not that tall today. In 1906, there was an earthquake in California, and the top three floors collapsed. Uh, During this, Sarah was actually in the house, and she became trapped in her bedroom uh, when the fireplace in her room collapsed as well. Um, But Sarah didn't stop building from there. She boarded up 30 of the rooms instead of actually repairing them and just kind of forgot about them. Um, And she was also, many were speculating that maybe she was taking advice from the medium that uh, that was a way to trap the spirits in that part of the house so that they wouldn't bother her anymore. Also, she thought that the collapse was maybe a sign from the spirits 
uh, that they were angry with the Winchester Repeating Firearms Company. Sarah would do really weird things, like sketch designs on napkins for additions, towers, cupolas, and other rooms. Uh, There's one room in the house that is called the Seance Room, where Sarah would allegedly commune with the ghosts every evening, and they would tell her what they wanted her to build next. And many people might think this is just like a crazy woman's rantings, but it could be that maybe she just felt so much guilt for the amount of people that have died uh, from her husband's uh, business, but we'll never really know. She was also, uh, reportedly, she never slept more than two nights in a room, and she said that this was to confuse the spirits uh, that roamed her home. Uh, Work did not stop on the house until September 5th, 1922, when she died peacefully in her sleep. She was 82 years old. And it is said that upon hearing news of her death, the carpenters quit so abruptly that they left half-hammered nails protruding from the walls. Yeah, and something that was really weird, she left all of her worldly possessions to her niece and personal secretary at the time. Um, However, absent from her will was mysteriously her personal residence, the uh, Mystery Mansion. Um, Yeah. Her niece took whatever she wanted from the estate and sold the rest, including uh, the mansion. However... The mansion was appraised at nothing due to the uh, earthquake damage and the fact that the bizarre construction um, made no one really want it. Uh, But eventually it was sold at auction for about $135,000 and it was open to the public mainly as a tourist attraction soon after Sarah's death. I think it was, what, under five months after her death? Yeah, even though no one thought that people would want this house, it still sold for a pretty high amount of money. Mm -hmm. And five months after Sarah's death, the first tourist walked in. And from there on, it has just kind of exploded into this huge tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Winchester Mystery House certainly lives up to its name. When If you ever go toward the house, you will see really bizarre things like a staircase ending at the ceiling, cabinets and doors that just open to walls, uh, chimneys that are installed, but they don't really seem to serve a purpose, There's one room that has a normal-sized door next to a child-sized one, and they keep discovering new things in this house. (laughs) Yeah, in 1975, workers discovered a new room they didn't even know existed. Uh, In it, it was basically left uh, how it was when it was boarded up. It had two chairs, an early 1900s speaker that fit into a phonograph, a door latched by 1910 lock, and Sarah apparently just forgot about it, and the carpenters just continued building around it. Another room was discovered more recently in 2016. This room appears to have been boarded up since the 1906 earthquake, and it's allegedly the room Sarah was trapped in. In it, there's a pump organ, a Victorian couch, a dress form, sewing machine, and several paintings. It's kind of insane how, even in 2016, so long, um, close to 100 years after her death, they're still finding rooms they don't know are there it just blows my yeah, mind we are we are still discovering new stuff about this house mm-hmm. it has been called where downstairs leads neither to the cellar nor upstairs to the roof um and so many questions have kind of gone into it is this place haunted is it actually haunted and that kind of falls on whether you believe in ghosts or not um yeah. however there has been reports by staff working at the mystery house of doorknobs that move on their own uh, unexplained cold spots and windows that bang close, and then they shatter from the force of the uh, window closing. And so there's some evidence of it, but they're still unsure. 
There have been ghost sightings on the property. Visitors and staff report seeing ghosts of workers and servants. The most common sight is a groundskeeper. And some people say they see Sarah herself. It's spooky to think about. And uh, Harry Houdini, was, who was known as a skeptic of ghosts and, and uh, paranormal activity, actually visited the house in 1924 because he kind of wanted to disprove all the rumors that there was any type of spiritual connection with the house. However, when he left, he said that it's basically proof that there is a connection with the spiritual world um, and the fact that it can make a person go insane. And he's uh, kind of one of the first people that dubbed it a mystery house. There are a lot of problems when it comes to trying to get down to the nitty gritty of who Sarah was and what she believed. Mm -hmm. uh, during her life, she was a shut in and she was extremely private. She, since she was a rich upper class woman, a lot of people expected her to hold parties and entertain and do charity events and whatnot. She really wasn't into that. She just kind of wanted to be left alone mm -hmm. in her house to do her own thing. Um, and she didn't really leave behind a lot of letters or diaries or anything. So we really lack her perspective on a lot of this and it's mostly just hearsay yeah. i mean today if someone spends a ton of money working on their house for 38 years and doesn't even hire an architect we would think that that person is crazy yeah yeah <laughs> and it's it's kind of how we've looked at all the stories that we've talked about thus far um the idea of ghosts and and spirits it's really something that has become embellished. It's easy to embellish, especially since she was sh such a shut-in. And the fact yeah. that she was making this weird mansion that led nowhere, um, it just kind of, people wanted to start rumors. Like, there's no definitive proof that uh, the medium that she met with actually said any of that. There's no proof of uh, her actually discussing ghosts. It's just a lot of embellishment. Um, however, there isn't proof saying that none of that's true, and so it, it kind of leaves a lot of uh, rumors and sensationalism in the air. Yeah, and those rumors actually started while she was alive, mm -hmm. but she just kind of ignored them. Mm -hmm. um, and after her death, not a lot of people really spoke out to say that she wasn't crazy. So the rumors just kind of perpetuated and kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Amanda, how did something like this, it, because, well, it, we saw that five months after her death, it was turned into like a tour attraction. Like, why was this so popular in the 1920s? Well, if if we look back and think about it, the 1920s was really when the whole like freak show culture really picked up in America. We had We had circuses and stuff long before this, but in the 20s is when we get famous showmen like P.T. Barnum. Mm-hmm. And he starts displaying physical, mental, and, like, behavioral oddities. Mm -hmm. um, and people get really fascinated by that. People are spending money to go to these weird shows. And at this time, people liked being deceived. Mm -hmm. they, they liked being challenged and questioned. They wanted to look at something and try to figure out if it was real or not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which I, I think we still kind of feel that way today. Mm -hmm. We we're still interested in these oddities, in these ghost stories, and we still come to consume this freak show culture. I mean, they just released a movie about Sarah Winchester mm -hmm. starring Helen Mirren, 
uh, we still like this kind of horror creepy stuff. Absolutely. And I mean, I guess you and I are an example of how people like to discuss it and kind of think about it. And for me personally, I kind of view myself as a skeptic in a way. Um, yeah. However, there's not really any way to explain why she did what she did. Uh, it's, it, it is weird behavior. However, she might have had a mental illness or something. There, but back then, that wasn't mental illness wasn't fully understood. And so if it was something like that, we'll never know. Um, but maybe it is because she met with a medium and they wanted to uh, have a place for the spirits to go from her husband's uh, rifle company. But I, I definitely find the behavior interesting and it could possibly be true. Well, uh, to challenge what you're saying, if Sarah did believe she was cursed by the Winchester fortune, mm -hmm. then why did she continue to own a controlling interest in the company mm -hmm. and continue to profit from the manufacture of arms for the rest of her life? Mm -hmm. That's a great point. If she really believed that this fortune made her cursed, wouldn't she have possibly donated all of it to different places, possibly sold her share of mm -hmm. the company. She went on to own more in the Winchester company. True. Like she was not interested in getting rid of this. Mm -hmm. And maybe she just wanted to just design something on her own without, because she had the money to do it. She was basically yeah. just doing whatever she wanted now because she was making $25,000 a day uh, in today's yeah. money. So maybe that is the thing where she just wanted to, tell the carpenters what to do and do some weird and wacky designs. Maybe she was looking into architecture and was interested. We'll never know though. And uh, I think that's, that's why it's so interesting nowadays. Once again, thank you for listening to the Horde History Podcast. We encourage you to visit our website at hordehistory.com and like us on Facebook. Our podcast is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Be sure to download us and follow us there to get more updates from the show thank you guys again for listening and if you have any suggestions for any future podcast ideas just drop it in our comments shoot us an email and let us know
Thank you.